0: you <laughs> Welcome to the Extra Credits, a research for meaning in your favorite movies and shows. I'm Trey.
1: And I'm Kelsey.
0: Today we are reacting to the 95th Academy Awards nominations.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: this is going to be part one of a three-part Oscar series. We're going to have a massive predictions pod coming out in the next yeah. month or so. Yeah. And then ultimately our reactions to the Oscar winners on March 12th.
1: Yeah, and we'll also be doing an episode soon with our personal favorite movies of 2022, our own personal Oscars, Mm -hmm. with some really cool (laughs) guests, so make sure to follow for that too.
0: Yeah, today though is mostly going to be reactions and some light predictions. I think Mm -hmm. we should probably talk about some snubs too, because where's Babylon? (laughs) After Sun, Park Chan-wook? I don't know about all these these snubs already that I'm, that I'm seeing here.
1: Yeah, and Woman King, I mean, yeah. wait for that on Netflix. And is this how people feel about sports? I was like watching the nominations <laughs> and it felt like there was a halftime show sort of, you know, with the the panelists uh, when I fired up Disney Plus. Yeah, but
0: it felt like a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it was like
1: they were doing stats or something. But okay, I'm ready.
0: Let's start off by talking about best adapted screenplay. We have Top Gun Maverick, mm-hmm. Woman Talking, <laughs> All Quiet in the Western Front, Living, and Glass Onion. So first things first, what the hell about Top Gun? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was laughing. <laughs> why why is that getting nominated for Best Adapted Screen? Just because it made a billion?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I understand woman talking all quiet, especially with the huge new swell of All Quiet in the Western Front. It's also on Netflix, so it's very accessible. Go watch it if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, another war movie, but it's really good. And uh, Living, I was also surprised just because I, I personally don't know people who have like seen Living.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love the sentimentality of that script. Mm-hmm. So I am all in on Living. I yeah. cried way too many times in the theater <laughs> watching that. Um, we're big Ryan Johnson heads. We did a ranking of all of his movies and we love Knives Out. Um, Glass Onion was a little bit of a step down for us, but like it at least knew what it was. Yeah. It was very secure in its identity as a script. So I understand that. The and one, also,
1: it was kind of like subversive. So,
0: yeah, that is true. The one here that I, it's missing that is making me frustrated is Bones and all. Mm-hmm. David Kajanik, who came on our podcast and talked about his script yeah. and his career. I thought he had written one of the most beautiful scripts this year, even if it featured cannibalism.
1: And are you going to miss a chance to get Timmy at the Oscars? I mean, well, that's just, that's just the Oscars not understanding
0: (laughs) the power of millennial Gen Z people. The Uh, power of the Tim. Yeah. He'll, uh, I mean, look at that Apple commercial. I mean, they, they should be picking up on what's (laughs) happening. Um, but unfortunately no bones and all, I think woman talking makes the most sense for this. Like I like that movie Mm -hmm. and I think the script is where it should be recognized I think if Top Gun Maverick wins, uh, I'm going to turn off the television. Yeah,
1: I I, I see women talking <laughs> here too. I can't believe the Top Gun. Yeah. But I wish Bones and All were in here just so more people would see it because um, I think only the Timmy heads are still talking about Bones and All, but it's a really beautiful story.
0: Yeah, and because All Quiet on the Western Front was adapted like three times, I doubt that's going to win. The only other movie that wasn't even mentioned in conversation that we loved from this year was Audrey Dewan's Happening. yeah. From France. And I I think that script is so powerful and timely, unfortunately. So if you haven't seen that film, listeners, go check that out. Uh, It's one of the best movies of the year. And I think the screenplay is where it should have gotten its love. Okay. Best original screenplay. We have Everything Everywhere All at Once, Mm -hmm. The Banshees of Inishirin, Tar, The Fablemans, and Triangle of Sadness, which is cool because Ruben Uslin came on the podcast a few weeks ago. He talked about his career. Triangle of Sadness. And this is a very unique script. I think both me and Kelsey loved the second act a lot. Yeah. And it feels like three movies in one. So mm-hmm. it is kind of a rare film. So I was surprised to see Usland in director and Best Picture, not to step on it for Triangle of Sadness. But original screenplay does make sense to me for Triangle.
1: Yeah. Original screenplay made sense. It was very unique. I felt like maybe it was a nod to, especially in that first part of the movie, there were... Yeah different pieces of like force majeure and, and his different movies that he's Gotham done park.
0: Yeah. yeah. There, there are other movies that are inspirational to that film for sure.
1: Yeah. I wasn't a super fan of the the third act and you can go listen to our podcast about why, but mm. this makes sense here. And I think like something that could have been here, I'll let you talk about it since it's your, favorite one? one of your favorite movies of the year that oh, could aftersun? have gone in here um instead of fablemans I think and yeah. would make more sense to me uh but the power of spielberg is
0: the power of spielberg is, is great but also I think in original screenplay what I like here is there is a diversity of themes so everything everywhere banshee's tar fablemans triangle mm-hmm. sadness all talking about different things and I think if you had aftersun and fablemans they would it would feel something would feel off so I do like how there's a lot of diversity in the screenplays here. But obviously, Steven Spielberg's movie about Steven Spielberg and how he <laughs> love, hates, hates, loves What him, did you tweet mom? after this?
1: Steven Spielberg's favorite director is Steven Spielberg? That or maybe was that was your letterbox. Review. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: that is true. Um, after Son, Charlotte Wells, it's a beautiful, authentic, most of all vulnerable script. Yeah. And for a first-time feature director to put a movie out like that, to kind of like put herself out there like that. I thought that should have been recognized here, but unfortunately it wasn't. I think I'm hoping for everything everywhere all at once. I think that what the Daniels did was powerful. And I love Banshees. I love Mark McDonough. I'm cool with that too. I think the most uh, low key script here that people are probably going to just... Maybe the power of Cape Blanchett will overpower the writing here from Todd Field, but Tar is mm-hmm. incredible.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be streaming on Peacock, I think on January 27th, right? Yeah. Very soon. Yeah. So days. hopefully that gets like a huge swell because. It's so good. I think
0: that's both of our, like it's in our top five, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved that movie. And I think that like everything, everywhere, Banshees and Tar, it will be interesting to see, uh, since they were nominated in multiple categories, like what they win for. Cause I feel like they're going to try to spread the love, but Mm -hmm. I could see like one kind of sweeping, maybe Banshees or everything everywhere. Um, but yeah, yeah. also just a, a quick thing about Spielberg because we were joking about Spielberg being his favorite director. Um, I, I thought The Fablemans was good, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just that there there was like a huge sentimentality for Spielberg that we kind of go into in our Spielberg pod, um, and we also ranked all of his movies which was no a monster we ranked a his top 10
0: we did not rank 35 oh, yeah, sorry. films yeah <laughs> top 10 which is already a but lot we were
1: taking from all of his movies is what i meant that it was it one took of the most such a long time to rewatch watch everything
0: ever. <laughs> it was like a three-hour podcast and you put
1: in all the scenes a
0: 25-hour yeah. edit it's a i mean it's a really great time plus you get to hear like i think there's rarely good criticism on spielberg and so i think we try to do our best job of like unpacking why his movies don't necessarily speak to people our age anymore Yeah, or at least how that's how we perceive his films now. But obviously um, we
1: love like some of them. We won't spoil our rankings. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. Jaws, pretty good movie. Uh, okay. best <laughs> One co-
1: Jurassic park.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Best costume design. We have black Panther, Wakanda forever, Elvis, mm-hmm. Babylon, everything, everywhere, all at once. And Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, which we have not mm-hmm. seen. So, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, hundreds of millions of dollars in that movie. Obviously, the costumes are going to be top tier. Right. I love Babylon. That would be my vote on this one if, you know, the Oscars would ever give us votes. I was actually
1: surprised to see Babylon just because a lot of people were talking about the costumes, especially, like, Margot Robbie's dress in the first scene as this, like anachronism it took them out of the the story Mm -hmm. but I feel like this movie you know Babylon wasn't a period piece to me purely it was like a a take on a certain time in history yeah and also playing on this idea of like the myth of that that time in history in early Hollywood so it's
0: more a poison pill to Hollywood than a love letter and yeah. less of an ode how it's been talked about. Yeah. Um, but
1: I, I was just surprised to see it here. I didn't, I personally didn't have like an issue with any of the costumes. I thought it was good. And then we well, also We have- should
0: say too, listeners, if you're hearing this right now, we probably just put out our deep dive on Babylon. Oh yeah. If okay. you want to hear uh, a very powerful Trey talk about Babylon. <laughs> Uh, I sound like I'm in that movie talking about that movie. <laughs> I'm speaking on like 2X speed. Uh, Kelsey's just along for the ride on that episode. So go ahead and listen to that deep dive. Um, yeah, the, the costumes are great. They were all like, uh, they were all knitted like from scratch. Yeah,
1: it was really cool to see the behind the the scenes, the, the few things that are on YouTube. They like hand knitted all of Brad's sweaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, he had some some great sweaters in that movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see it for Babylon. I feel like they also wanted to give love, which uh we will talk about we are sad to not see babylon in other categories yeah 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 um but yeah listen to our babylon pod because we loved the movie and not for, I think, reasons that other people have been saying. Uh, I think we've kind of had a different take, especially since we are huge Chazelle uh, people. So
0: Yeah, we'll talk more about it when we get to Best Picture because it didn't get nominated. The yeah. low-key one here is probably Elvis, mm-hmm. which could come through with the W because I don't think Elvis is going to win any Oscars, and nor should it. Um, but I think <laughs> it might win Costume Don't design. come for us,
1: Elvis, uh, you know, people out there. I know a lot of people love this movie. It just was not for me.
0: No comment. Um, yeah. So Elvis you might win this one and th- it is what it is. I'm kind of hoping for everything everywhere because mm-hmm. I do think a lot of the costumes are a lot of fun there. Um, cause I just know Babylon is a movie not for everyone even though we're coming on strong about the Babylon hive on this podcast everything everywhere's costumes are really cool and Stephanie's yeah, and shoes different outfits exactly really
1: yeah and all the different I was just gonna say the different universes mm-hmm. like all the different costumes there are I think underrated do I, the
0: hot dog fingers count as that. a costume design
1: I hope so yeah
0: if they <laughs> and win, that whole they like all come out with those <laughs> and also
1: uh, Stephanie shoe has that like huge disco outfit on at one point like the a Elvis. bedazzled she has Elvis. An Elvis yeah outfit
0: on, which is kind of funny <laughs> considering the nominees yeah okay best hair and makeup. So we have Elvis, the whale, the Batman, Mm -hmm. hell yeah, all quiet on the Western front and Wakanda forever. So I'm surprised Babylon didn't make it in this because it's a, a period piece of sorts. And usually those get Kind of recognized here in this category, and yeah. I think it was supposed to. Toby
1: Maguire's makeup alone should yeah, have, you know, that was nuts. Got them in the category. Spider
0: Man had a, a rough year. <laughs> um, Elvis is probably pretty high on this list. I would hope it's the Batman. Um, I also loved All Quiet in the Western Front's makeup, which. They mm-hmm. they did makeup times five in that movie because of all the mud and dirt. I mean, they're going through a war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd say those two, I'd say the Batman and all quiet in the Western front are what I'm hoping for. Out of I this would be interested category. to see
1: just cause, I mean, we're huge, the Batman fans and I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Colin Farrell's makeup, hairstyling team. Yeah come home for the penguin um robert pattinson you know just making um him shine uh him yeah. look beautiful <laughs> and uh and then also you know we have i guess does the joker count like in that yeah, movie yeah. since it's i a think so i don't know that's why they're gonna vibe.
0: get it i mean i think wakanda forever and all quiet in the western front probably deserve this one
1: what about elvis elvis is like a huge transformation
0: no comment again okay. uh <laughs> babylon would have been the other again i just keep shouting them out but a lot of the technical production every category trey's gonna be like
1: <laughs> I think Babylon was snubbed in this category.
0: <laughs> all right, let's go to best production design, uh, Babylon. <laughs> uh, Babylon was nominated, actually. Uh, Elvis, Avatar The Way of Water, All Quiet in the Western Front, and Fablemans. Mm-hmm. So best production design. I, I feel like Avatar The Way of Water makes sense Yeah. Uh, because of what they were able to do with the motion capture and CGI and all that stuff. The All Quiet in the Western Front, I think would be the coolest win here because they actually do do a lot with what they had because their budget is actually a lot smaller than a normal war epic Mm -hmm. um and it's a great german film and i don't know i guess elvis will get some love from people and i think babylon for its like maximalistic filmmaking and setting uh but avatar the way of water makes sense to me yeah because people love Jim Cameron. We did two podcasts on Avatar Mm. movies this year. We are mixed on Avatar. Again, if you want to hear those episodes, check out our feed. We had a lot of reasons for that. I did a solo one about the original film and where we were in 2009. I take you back to (laughs) our our country. If you thought we were in a tough place these past few years, we were also in a tough place in 2008, 2009. Um, And then Way of Water, I thought was a little bit more successful than the original Avatar, which seems to be uh, a rare take because people really love the original film, right. so I'm kind of more high on way of water than the original one, so I'm totally fine with it winning production design here. I yeah. think it kind of deserves that, even though there's there like a 400 million dollar budget. And I always feel weird about saying a movie deserves an award even <laughs> for having the biggest budget of the year. like people keep talking about Avatar making over two Bill. It's like, yes, but they also are is, I think it's the most expensive movie ever to make. So that's, you know, I don't know how much we should be awarding these big budget films. I mean, it would have been cool to see something like a 20, $30 million budget, like everything everywhere Mm -hmm. actually do something incredible with what they had in their sets. Um, I especially love the set where Stephanie Shu. Uh, gets uh, Michelle Yeoh to come into like her the white room, the dungeon like area. You that's... mean like
1: the everything bagel yes. room? yeah room? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. like, like the I church? was like, how do they shoot <laughs> this? Where
0: are they right now? So just stuff like that was really cool, and like the laundromat and how that was decorated too. So I like the production design on that movie, but ultimately, Avatar: The Way of Water. There's a lot of push, so I think that'll probably yeah. I win. think
1: it's gonna come through too.
0: Then we have best song. We have RRR, Wakanda Forever, Maverick, Tell It Like a Woman, and Everything Everywhere. I am not the best when it comes to music and films, because I tend to not like, like I pick up the sounds, but I don't actually pick up the the lyrics. So I don't, I have all these sounds in my head from all these movies, so, but I'm not the best person to like give any kind of takes on yeah these movies. and we we
1: have not seen rrr yet it's a, another one on our watch list but i know not to not to has like a, a huge push and yeah so that seems likely but also like i think it's on
0: netflix so right yeah i think okay. so and yeah. but
1: i also like are they gonna pass up their chance to you know have is someone going to perform i don't know about the oscar performances but like rihanna with lift me up
0: uh yeah. in
1: wakanda forever or lady gaga hold my hand in top gun maverick mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I haven't seen Telt Like a Woman* either, and *Everything Everywhere*. This is a life. I'm not sure if I remember, but again, I'm not the best person with songs. I'm assuming *Wakanda Forever* or *Maverick* are going to win based on the names. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I
1: feel like *Not Too Not might win. Actually,
0: I have. That's what I was going to say. I have seen that song being played all over Twitter. I'm excited to watch because yeah. when we do our top movies of the year, like I, that, might make our top 25. All right, let's get to best sound. *Top Gun*, *Maverick*, *Avatar: The Way of Water*, *Elvis*, *All Quiet in the Western Front*, and *The Batman*.
1: The Batman.
0: I'm pulling for All Quiet on the Western Front here. I thought it was a really immersive film in the way it used sound. And I also think Top Gun Maverick uh, will probably get a lot of love here. That might actually win for what it did with sound too. Because those it, sound is really about how can you as an audience member be immersed into the screen. Yeah. Uh, and those two films do that really well.
1: I'm going to go ahead and just pull for the Batman. Hell just, yeah. Just for the Batman. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Best original score. Let's see. Babylon. The Fablemans. Banshees. All Quiet on the Western Front everything everywhere who cares about those last four babylon (laughs) is actually easily gonna win this justin Hurwitz. oh yeah one of the best scores in years i think it's locked even if you hate the movie even if you're like an elephant shit on me like i don't understand what i'm watching is this movie an ode to cinema or is it does it hate hollywood yeah i'm just totally out on three hours damien chazelle fake pta like trying to make this movie if you're just like the biggest damien chazelle hater you got to give love to Justin Hurwitz yeah by the way all those things I just said I don't agree with any of them are and false. you're wrong <laughs> uh, but I think this is just an incredible score it's a mo it feels like an uh, another artistic experience in itself when you're yeah. watching the movie there yeah, are layers it to what own you're going kind of through narrative. And I'll never have that feeling again until Babylon's like released in 10 years at the Alamo draft house of (laughs) being in the movie theater and feeling like a score is a drug. Cause that is basically what,
1: yeah, it's like thumping. Yeah. And it's very different from his other scores. He works, if you don't know, with the Damien Chazelle right on all his movies. And I think, you know, from Whiplash to La La Land Land and and First Man. Man, uh, there's there's always beautiful music, but I think something with Babylon that people have been critiquing is is like that it takes too much from La La Land, but. They've talked really openly that they like to piece in things from their previous movies, mm-hmm. and you can go listen to our Babylon pod. Because Another I, plug. <laughs> well, I w- I want people to to listen just because I'm interested to see what people think too. Just because we had a different take, but yeah. for me at least, I I just disagreed that the La La Land was too strong in Babylon. I thought there were some really meta pieces of La La Land mm-hmm. actually in Babylon since they're focusing on similar, I guess, issues and like myths uh, of yeah. Hollywood and success.
0: Yeah. Um, I like all these self plugs we're doing for Babylon, but <laughs> seeing how the Babylon hive is strong and people are like uh, kind of like annoyed by it, we're probably not going to get a lot of love there. Listeners give us a break though. Uh, all quiet on the Western front. Great score. The yeah. bah- mm-hmm. Like that whole noise throughout the movie. I know some people that threw them off. Like right. it, was, it like, was like
1: too modern. Why
0: is this modern sound in my film? That is about a war <laughs> from a century ago. Like, why is that happening? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was a great way to get people to care about a war film in a different way. it, f- it made it feel like the movie wasn't far away and especially mm-hmm. what's going on in the world around us today, thinking that a war is not far away from us is probably a good idea. Um, and I, and I, I just like that aspect of it. And yeah, I also liked, I liked it too. Any kind of like Denis Villeneuve, like Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. in- incredible, bah, like being thrown into a movie. I'm here for it. Like yeah. all movies, just throw them in there. Um, One that I am a little bit surprised about was Michael Giacchino for original score. I thought he was going to get love. I know he didn't in other awards. I don't think he did in BAFTAs either. But I think when the Batman came out, everybody said, this is going to win best original score. Yeah. And then people just kind of forgot about the film. Yeah. And that's just the problem with releasing incredible movies like that too early. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Batman did make like, I think, $700 million or something. It made more money than Dune, I believe. I I think that's right. Uh, But everyone just forgot about it. And yeah. I think it could have been the second, you know, tier to Babylon in the best original score, but unfortunately it didn't make it.
1: Yeah. I really loved it. Um, I also think that it was like weird to see, uh, Batman walking through the city with this like beautiful score in the background yeah. on Halloween. So, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Best film editing. We have Tar, Maverick, everything everywhere, Elvis and Banshees. So the first thing that's missing here that we have to know is Park Jam wooks Decision to Leave, which is easily the best edited film of the year. Mm-hmm. I think um it was a technical masterpiece. The movie didn't totally work for me. I was a little bit uh I was in and out on the relationship and romance of the movie yeah. and I was heavily in on the noir of the movie, mm-hmm. the kind of mystery. I liked guessing what was happening. Um Now in saying that I've only seen it once and we rewinded the film a lot because we were more interested in the technical aspects and we were (laughs) were like, pause,
1: pause. How do they do this? (laughs)
0: Yeah. So I just wasn't emotionally there and invested. Um, but I understand that that's like an annoying thing that's happening right now. There is like this weird reaction to people like not liking decision to leave saying this isn't a good romance. Like I'm in no way not saying it's a good romance. I just didn't. I found myself just being invested in other aspects of the filmmaking, and that's why I'm surprised it's not here in editing. It's so well put together. Another movie that I think should have gotten more love here, actually, is Nope, Jordan Peele's film. Mm. It didn't get any nominations, and it was really well edited. Tragic. There were a lot of people hoping for sound. I actually didn't even think sound was like in the top five, you know, uh, categories. It should have gotten nominated for. I just I think it was really well crafted. So I would have loved to see that. I think my pick here my hope is everything everywhere
1: uh Mm. for editing yeah i can i can see that i'll have to i think guitar was so great with editing actually but i did love everything everywhere you're
0: right tar did have some sequences where there are some horror scenes and it's all due to the editing
1: yeah yeah uh i think that with nope like i can't believe it didn't get nominated for anything
0: yeah we're gonna come back to that when we get to best picture because there's a few movies that nope is obviously better than um okay best visual effects we have Avatar, The Way of Water, Top Gun Maverick, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Another category, speaking of nope, that would have made sense. I mean, we saw uh, Jean Jacket. Mm-hmm. Do you do you remember the 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 cries of human beings in the sky? <laughs>
1: Getting sucked up. We're in Jean Jacket's stomach.
0: Yeah. Sorry if that's a spoiler, but it has been out for a long time. Yeah. Um. I guess you wouldn't know what Jean Jacket is. Yeah. You heard so- that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Um. But yeah, I think visual effects make sense for Nope. Since so crazy, it's not here. Yeah, Um, the blood rain, especially if like this is why I get annoyed. If you're like, uh, well, you know, Trey, the Academy doesn't like um, uh, genre films. Avatar The Way of Water was nominated like 10 times, Yeah. okay? You have Topka Maverick being nominated. I'm going to count that as a genre film. And then Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Both All three of those movies are are nominated for Best Visual Effects. And on top of that, you have the Batman. Yeah. So four out of the five movies for visual effects are like highly genre. And to not have Nope here as the, the interesting thriller horror film mm-hmm. is just so... It's annoying, honestly. And I'm assuming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse is like right underneath those. Yeah. Uh, so I... I don't know. I don't know what I want to win here. I think All Quiet in the Western Front was a a visual achievement. So I hope that they get some love.
1: Uh, Wouldn't Avatar just like take here?
0: You're right. That's going to (laughs) win. Yeah. You're right. Sometimes I just overthink it because I'm looking at all these great movies. But like All Quiet in the Western Front was just something that really hit me when we were watching it the other week. And we watched it in our living room. Like again, if All Quiet in the Western Front was in a theater, I think it could run away with a lot of these awards. Yeah. Best Cinematography, All Quiet in the Western Front empire of light Roger Deakins <laughs> yeah uh, he's in his bag always and I know he hasn't gotten a lot of love uh, for that film we haven't seen it yet but I just never count my guy out uh, we have Elvis Tar and Bardo we haven't seen Bardo yet mm-hmm. so best cinematography a little surprised that Maverick didn't get nominated because there was a lot of push for Maverick in cinematography I'm really happy, again, that All Quiet in the Western Front is getting noticed for these technical achievements.
1: Yeah, like you were saying, I mean, if we saw it in theaters, I think people there would be, a, I guess, an earlier conversation about it. But because it's on Netflix, maybe, you know, that's why it's kind of sweeping in the nominations.
0: Yeah. The only movie I'm a little bit surprised about here is Tar. Yeah. Uh, m- mostly, and I haven't seen Bardo, but from what I understand, that's a little bit of an understated film and, like, what it's doing and more grounded. So I kind of get Elvis and I get All Quiet in the Western Front. And I get Empire of Light because of Roger Deakins, but I'm a little surprised about Tar. But that's a good sign for Tar when it comes to Best Picture, because if you have Academy of voters voting in Tar for cinematography, then that's I think it's a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is really well shot. Uh, I do want to say that it's just usually some of these movies that are more spectacle based, just, yeah, like bigger, yeah, mm-hmm. tend to get more love. Okay, Best Documentary Feature. We haven't seen a few of these um, or a lot of them. Yeah. They're still on this our is all watch category. list. Yeah, so we have All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, All That Breathes, Fire of Love, Navalny, and A House Made of Splinters. The movies that didn't make it were Moon Age Daydream, Descendant, and The Territory, on my watch list, at least. Those are the ones that we're going to watch over the next month or so. Um, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, I've heard from people I trust, is one of the best documentaries in years. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to watch that movie. All That Breathes seems like it's very good, too. Fire of Love we saw this year. Yeah. What do we want to say about Fire of Love?
1: I mean, I liked it. Uh, I think, um, you know, we didn't love it as much as other people. My takeaway, I I loved seeing the, like, people next to Lava. Lava (laughs) is cool. You
0: like the National Geographic (laughs) aspects of it? Lava is
1: wild, yeah. Uh,
0: Lava (laughs) is like love. It is very hot. And um, I... It wasn't. I wasn't into Fire of Love. It just wasn't really my thing. Yeah. I'm not sure why I'd have to rewatch it, but there was something about the relationship and the checking out of society, mm-hmm. um, because of like nihilism and just like a, a pessimism about the rest of the world. Yeah, was cause something about it just made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: it felt a little off. Uh, they did like I guess at the end talk about the natural disasters and helping. You know helping communities kind of catch uh, these different eruptions uh, before it becomes a catastrophic event. Yeah. But so that was really interesting. Um, And also the visuals of, I've just, I've never seen a volcano erupt, I guess, but um, yeah. yeah. uh, And seeing the different types of lava was cool. But again, I think what you were saying that first part of the the doc, I, I felt a little off with too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's go to best animated feature. This is an exciting one. So we have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Dean Fleischer Camp. Yes. Dean came on the podcast in our last episode. So go ahead and check that out if you like that film. It's one of our favorite animated movies in years.
1: Yeah, it's so endearing. And like if you just feel like it's a YouTube video, if you're uh, familiar with Marcel from you know, the YouTube shorts in 2010, mm-hmm. it is a story about life. It's beautiful. Okay. It's we both life. cried. <laughs> and uh, go see it. Uh, or I, buy the DVD. I, don't I know feel if it's like streaming that's a anywhere.
0: through line of our favorite movies so far. It's, like, it's about life. <laughs> it's very <laughs> I good. I guess all movies are about life. But. Uh, Turning Red, <laughs> Domi Shi, good movie. Yeah. Uh, Puss in Boots, we have not seen it, but. People seem to things, love it. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to watch it. The Sea Beast, which was, I believe, a Netflix original, if I you want to look that up for me. don't know,
1: y'all. Check and it out. And then
0: the only one that I saw that was snubbed that was a pretty big deal was Wendell and Wild, which is another stop-motion film that we have not seen yet either. I believe that's a Jordan Peele production. Um, yeah,
1: Sea Beast is Netflix.
0: Yeah, so we got to check a few of these out, but Marcel the Shell was a movie we saw in theaters a few times and have done a deep dive on and now have talked to the writer, director, editor, Dean Fleischer-Camp. Uh, for quite a bit about his career and the movie, we we love that film. So yeah, hard for and it was
1: one. it was just a really cool you know movie to see with stop motion in a live action world.
0: I don't think anybody can understand the difficulty of putting together a stop motion movie in a uh, live action film. If you have never seen a behind the scenes featurette, like you have to watch that. Yeah. I recommend people buying the Marcel DVD. I guess that's a lot to ask. Go on YouTube and there's a
1: behind the scenes. Yeah.
0: Check out Marcel the shell behind the scenes and you'll see how they, they storyboard and get the animatic together and then do the live shooting and then do the post-production with putting Marcel in these like fake realities environments they have to create. Yeah.
1: They have to shoot it on a stage with stop motion and they have to basically make sure that every frame matches the live action shoot that they have already done with shadows, mm-hmm. with uh, putting pins in the couch so that way when they jump on the couch it they can bounce. it's yeah. <laughs> just crazy. Just
0: little <laughs> things you would think. Well, do they need to do that? And then you watch the movie and you're like, wow, this movie like hundreds of really dedicated, really yeah, smart artists put a lot of work into this and I think so you
1: already I guess know what we think we (laughs) we would love to see so obviously we believe the sea beast should
0: win animated feature um (laughs) okay best international film but we
1: think Pinocchio is going to take it right uh yes Pinocchio will win
0: um I mean that's what everybody is saying if Marcel wins I mean we have like a Marcel the shell dog toy we have a Marcel the shell like (laughs) uh like thing on our bookshelf we have the dvd like a24
1: yeah yeah we've
0: invested like I think we own stock so (laughs) Uh, all right. Best international film, all quiet on the Western front, Argentina, 1985, which just dropped on Amazon prime. We're going to check that out. Yeah. I'm excited. Close, which is in theaters right now. EO. which we have
1: to drive for that one though, but yeah, I really want to see it. That's
0: a long drive too. Uh, worth it though. That plot of that film looks really good. EO, uh, is a movie we haven't seen, but I've seen trailers and I know I'm going to cry. That is, I don't do well with animal anything. Anytime animals are sad. I mean, I don't do well with him. <laughs> um, and The Quiet Girl, which has been on my watch list for a year. I am so excited to watch that. Some movies that were left out, uh, obviously happening. We love that film. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Playground. That is a movie that was on last year's list, not this year. Right. Uh, but that's our, one of our favorite films that we saw this year. Bardo was left out, which is weird considering its other nominations. Triangle of Sadness is the, the most odd movie that was left out here yeah. because it was nominated for director and best picture. Yeah,
1: that was confusing.
0: Holy Spider, uh, Joyland, Saint Omer, which we haven't seen yet out of France. Heard so great excited things, for that! So, yeah. uh, Return to Seoul, South Korea, and then Corsage, which is a movie, and then Corsage, which is a movie that we just saw about uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I liked it. Kelsey liked it a little bit more than me, but I recommend anybody if you can to go see it in theaters because it was really, really well made. Yeah, um, I think.
1: Let's talk about the biggest snub here, though.
0: Okay, which film? Decision to leave. Yep. If you told me decision to leave was in this top five nominee category, I'd probably say they'd win. Yeah. Which is so weird that they're not even in here. Uh, So.
1: I mean, we haven't seen all of them yet, but I'm saying that not on the directing alone. And obviously not from our personal opinions. It's the
0: push. Yeah. It's the kind of fandom around it. Um, People love Park Jan Wook in the U S and they love this film. And I think it's like a TikTok film bro favorite. And I understand why, um my favorite international film i've seen this year so far in this nominee of these top five is all quiet but i still have to see three of them so right. close EO yeah the so quiet i can't Girl. make
1: any like responsible you know yeah decisions here
0: yeah okay best supporting actress angela bassett black panther shout out carrie condon banshees jamie lee curtis everything everywhere hung chow the whale also in the menu this year, she's mm. very good in that. I haven't seen The Whale yet, but right, me neither. her performance in the menu is hilarious and dark. Yeah, <laughs> And then Stephanie Shu in Everything Everywhere All at Once. The person left out here is Dolly Deleon, uh, and she is from Triangle of Sadness. Mm-hmm. She's very good in that third act. Um, a re- really subversive character. I actually really liked the writing for her character because it allowed for audiences to have conversations after the fact. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have conflicting feelings. Even maybe though-
1: not the conversations that... I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, go listen to our Triangle Sadness podcast if you have, uh, if you're curious. About but she what we was think. great. Yeah, like objectively very good performance. Angela Bassett in the Black Panther film has one specific scene that is incredible. It was I, in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Okay, so there there are a couple issues. All right, it's in the trailer, and we have a Black Panther pod you can listen to too, where I kind of d- dive deeper into this and why it was complicated. But first of all, the scene that is powerful—the only scene where she gets to. You know, capital A act is in the trailer and that's kind of ruined for you. But I was like, okay with it going into the film. Cause I'm like, okay, why is this scene so emotionally powerful? What is, what is she going to be talking about? What is the context?
1: Right. When she's talking about how she's given up everything.
0: Yeah. And then you get to the film and I don't want to spoil it cause it is a newer movie than other ones who've kind of spoiled. Uh, but you get to the movie and who she's talking to and in the context of what she's talking about, Actually, makes no sense. And thematically, it's like really complicated and not actually that interesting. Yeah. And uh, a lot less interesting than who I thought she was going to be speaking to. Yeah, I to. thought she
1: was going to have a different audience when saying, like, how I, I guess we could say everything? we
0: thought she was going to be speaking to like the UN or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, I thought so too. She was not. And that made it unnecessarily complicated. So even though it's like a good performance, that like specific moment wasn't powerful enough to me f- to say she'll win. And the only reason I'm talking about this so much is because. Uh, Angela Bassett's amazing, and she probably deserves this Academy Award and has deserved it for a long time. And I think people are pushing her to win this. Uh, but I think Kerry Condon and Banshees has a little bit more of a complex role uh, than the likes of like Jamie Lee Curtis, so she's probably in that next slot for me. Mm-hmm. And then Hung Chow I haven't seen in The Whale, and then Stephanie Hsu and Everything Everywhere. This is an incredible nomination for her. Her career looking up from here. Mm-hmm. But I would assume that Kerry Condon should win this.
1: Yeah, I think Angela Bassett might win it. Um, and I think that Jamie Lee Curtis, like, there is a lot of push. I just don't see it happening. Uh, but, yeah. But yeah.
0: I, I think people will vote Bassett. Um, I think that's where they're going to go with this one. Agreed. Best Supporting Actor, Kihi Kwan for Everything Everywhere. Brendan Gleeson for Banshees. Barry Keegan, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. I've heard, like, so many people pronounce it differently. Uh, that's for Banshees. Judd Hirsch from The Fablemans with an in- incredible like three minute came in shot 17 (laughs) three-pointers made every single one performance yeah and then brian from causeway which i haven't seen that film kelsey you watched yeah i
1: didn't finish it um just because you know when you're watching a really sad movie and you're like i had a long day like i can't do this right now (laughs) yeah i gotta watch this on a different day so i didn't finish it but i really liked it and his performance was great i actually like called trey in for a couple scenes to like i was like watch this it's great so i uh this was something that people were not totally predicting, but. I'm glad to see him here.
0: Yeah, he's a good actor. I um I don't know. Uh, People
1: were saying Paul Dano before this.
0: Well, I'm trying to think about who should, yeah, who should have been here. We haven't seen I think it's the nurse Eddie Redman, mm-hmm. who you know, we love Eddie Redman's performances, like uh, he's great as newt. <laughs> not this year and everything else years. and as Eddie Raymond <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> um I'm glad Tom Hanks isn't here uh just because I haven't I haven't seen a man called Otto but I just feel like we can get other names in these categories because I think these are all yeah. first-time nominees I believe and then Ben Wishaw was good in Woman Talking but it, it would have been very weird for Ben Winshaw to have been nominated in a movie about woman talking yeah um And then, like you said, Paul Dano is the other one. Obviously, I would like Kihi Kwan to win here with everything everywhere. Yeah. And
1: also, just with Ben like it wouldn't have been weird for him to be nominated. It would just be weird since there are no other women in the film that are nominated. Nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Very surprising. Well, I guess we... I, w- I guess we already got there i was like you yeah, say we will Claire get there Foy, but they're all supporting yeah. Claire
0: Foy, i think is the one who had the powerful performance yeah yes. i thought
1: jesse buckley was maybe going to be in there too yeah but
0: like i said jesse buckley's performance in men yeah. alex garland's film because we talked about this last night i believe but i love her and men she's mm-hmm. so like incredibly uh like melancholic and like disturbed and there's she so much like a visceral performance yeah. yeah there's so much going on for her in that movie and there's moments where she doesn't even say anything she's like screaming in these like pausing moments mm-hmm. and then these slow-mos then i'm like man this is like really incredible stuff i mean alex garland's like a, a master filmmaker but i was surprised she she didn't get nominated uh for woman talking and her performances this year but i'm hoping kiki kwan can win for supporting actor obviously i think th- it's a lock yeah but i i do think people love banshees yeah i know what people are saying i know they're like kiki kwan's a lock everything everywhere but there are a lot of people because Oscar is so white. Like that's still a thing, right? Obviously look at these nominees and obviously the average Oscar voter is an old white dude mm-hmm. and Banshee's finish is for old white dudes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Brendan Gleeson or Barry Keegan did get love. Yeah. So it's something true. to watch out for, even though Kiki Kwan deserves it. Like the machine that is Hollywood, that Babylon deconstructs, Ki Ki Kwan deserves the win yeah. uh, for the best supporting actor. And I hope when he wins, he comes with some, like just some power in this. I hope it's less of like, cause he's such a nice guy. And I hope it's like less of thank you all for like re accepting me. I hope it's more like you all suck for not giving <laughs> me roles.
1: <laughs> I think it'll be a balance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, who am I to say, like, I'm just going to be happy for him if he wins. All right. Best actress. We have Kate Blanchett. I mean, that's iconic yeah. performance. Michelle, yo equally iconic performance. Yeah. Uh, Annette de Armas for blonde, uh, Michelle Williams, and then Andrea Riseborough, who we didn't see in two Leslie. Mm-hmm. There's a whole like kind of controversy around that, uh, nomination just because apparently there were like people, people believe, or like, this is what the rumor mill is saying <laughs> that people were paid, like celebrities were paid to like tweet about her name and the film. And that's the best performance they've seen in years. Uh, I don't have anything to say about that. Like if people are really angry about like indie films, like paying star celebrities to advertise their movies, maybe you should look around at the movies that are in your top 10 called (laughs) Top Gun Maverick and Avatar (laughs) the Way of Water that are spending (laughs) massive tens of millions of dollars to be on your YouTube feed, to be on your TikTok, (laughs) to be on whatever, like cable television. If an independent film wants to like pay pay, Edward Norton. Tom
1: Cruise is jumping out of planes. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Um, okay. So this is a difficult question. Kate Blanchett or Michelle Yeoh?
1: I cannot answer that right now. I can't answer that. I think. Time starts
0: with me. Kate Blanchett, that's where I'm going.
1: It, it, uh, it's tough for me. Um, because I think that Kate Blanchett's performance was wild. I think it just also has to do with Tar being a really, just like one of the most interesting movies of the year and exciting movies, like very fresh. And it felt like it was a daring movie. I mean, so did everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but I felt like Cate Blanchett's role because it was kind of like harrowing and and haunting. I, I gravitate towards that movie more. Do you know what I mean? For my taste. So I love, and I love Cate Blanchett obviously, but I do also have a lot of love for Michelle Yeoh, obviously, and uh, everything everywhere all at once. I don't know. Okay. I guess we I'm just also vamping at this point. We've
0: also <laughs> we've also seen everything everywhere all at once a few times, but haven't seen it in like six or seven months because yeah. it came out so early in 2022. We're going to have
1: to watch it again for our ranking.
0: I said, I just said like two minutes ago that I'm picking Cate Blanchett to win here, but my personal pick, I would love to see Michelle Yeoh win because I cried in that movie a lot mm-hmm. her, because of her performance. and when I watched Kate Blanchett, I was excited because I was seeing JK Simmons get to play like Fletcher again yeah but this time with Kate Blanchette bring her own like sensibilities to the role right but it's basically the same character it's the downfall of like this villain except the movie is about Fletcher like we've seen it before kind of yeah I mean
1: obviously not seen tar before but we've seen that that type of performance before where you're right like Michelle Yeoh had me crying like thinking she was a rock like later well, on in here, this you know like I was yes. so connected to her character well
0: here's the here's the reason I don't think she should win over Michelle Yeoh personally is because Lydia Tar is more memorable than Cate Blanchett's performance like the character of Lydia Tarr Okay. And I think that I I believe that, but Michelle Yeoh's performance and everything everywhere all at once. I think that
1: Lydia Tarr would agree with with that take too. She one hundred
0: percent agree with that. If she was on this podcast, we would have to let her cook for a while. Um, she'd be a great podcaster. Uh, she would get a lot of one stars, especially from this guy. <laughs> uh, but Michelle Yeoh is, I mean, just. She, she just gets me in that movie. Yeah. I, I'm already like, I'm feeling it. Like, I'm like, I want to watch everything. You're right. I'm already feeling prepare. emotional when yeah. you're saying it. Yeah. So. She was captivating. Okay. Best actor, Brendan Fraser, which we just learned is Fraser, but we've been saying Fraser right. for our whole lives. Since our mummy yeah. days, you know? Yes. The mummy. Shout out Rachel Viceheads heads out mm-hmm. there. Uh, so people seem to love Brendan Fraser's performance in The Whale. Again, we haven't seen the film, so I'm just going to assume that he, he'll win, the next nominees are Austin Butler. I'm not going to do an Elvis voice, <laughs> uh, but you it, thought like, about it. You, yeah, I did, almost, I I almost it. did it. Yeah. Um, I may or may not have done an Austin Butler voice on... Was it the Babylon pod? Oh, I
1: forget which pod it was. Pod it was one of the most recent episodes. Oh, no. It was The Last of Us because... <laughs> yes, episode two. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, uh, you know, Tess is playing mama yeah mama okay Uh, (laughs) i
0: I know it's become like a thing and annoying for people to make fun of austin butler's voice but just to tell listeners who have not listened to our last of us episodes who have not listened to us talk about austin butler that dude is disney corny in our generation we we grew up with him we're 28 years old if you have any thought if you're older than 28 and are angry that we're making fun of austin butler you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) we've just gone through a different life that dude was uh he was something on the Disney channel. Um, and he <laughs> did not sound like that. <laughs> All right. Um, Colin Farrell.
1: I could see Colin Farrell. I mean, I haven't seen the whale again, but Colin Farrell, you know, the just whale? coming out with, yeah, I'm saying, cause you said Brendan Fraser oh. is like a lot of people are saying oh, know, his see, performance is going to win, yeah. but I could also see Colin Farrell because he did the penguin this year, all mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Banshees, thirteen lives, and I, I loved his performance. I'm in surprised Banshees. you didn't note
0: your favorite movie of the, the films he did this year. After Yang,
1: oh yes,
0: he did four movies, yeah, guys, four wild. movies during the pandemic. Colin Farrell was like, I am immune. <laughs> I am acting this whole time. Uh, Go see
1: After Yang if you haven't. Too
0: incredible, Coenata film. The other nominees were Bill Nighy in Living, which mm-hmm. uh, again- I was surprised. I mean, listeners probably know this already, but I cry a lot in movies and my guy got me a lot. Yeah. Kelsey called it an About Time sequel and I think that is- uh, I
1: called it an About Time prequel. prequel. I'm
0: sorry, yeah. prequel. <laughs> uh, and I think that's right. And then the last nominee, the most important one to me, because my favorite movie of the year, I think so far, at least top two or top three after Sun, is Paul Meskel. Yeah. Who just plays- Our Depression- guy so well in this movie like he kind of like embodies what it feels like to be depressed on screen without saying anything Mm -hmm. and there are moments where it feels like the weight of the world or at least his daughter's world like the weight of someone else like a human life is on his shoulders at such a young age and like what that can do to a parent as a young parent he just embodied that idea of a young parent Better than I could have ever imagined uh, an actor in their twenties do, but Paul Mescal is like a twenty six year old, playing somebody older than him. I think the character's older than him. He just turned thirty or something in the movie, um, and he's playing someone older than him, and he's acting like he's aged fifteen years throughout the two hour film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it's just an incredibly tragic character, cr- incredibly tragic movie.
1: Yeah, and it's a really beautiful, quiet performance, and. Yeah. I, I mean, I love this movie too. Um, but also Paul Mescal, like just big things in front of him. I feel like maybe like, a, a lot of people. Oh yeah. I yeah. totally forgot about that. Um, it's our
0: new Ethan Hawke. Really? Yeah. That's like who Paul Mescal is. A for, lot of
1: people are on, you know, the, the Timmy, um, train,
0: including this podcast, just yes, to be clear, we've we done love a, Timmy. We've done Timmy. we done a Timothy Chalamet ranking of all of his movies. Big but I don't Chalamet think, heads.
1: uh, people have, have seen Paul Mescal as much. Maybe no. right. I and mean, so, maybe they've
0: seen normal people on Hulu. Maybe, yeah. though.
1: But I feel like not that many people.
0: Yeah. No. I think you're right. I think he's he's on the uh, he's coming up. Yeah. You know, people are going to see. I'm excited him. for him. He's also going to be starring in a Richard Linklater film soon. So. Just big things for our guy. Um, Some people missing here are Tom Cruise, which people were assuming might get nominated. I never thought he would. Yeah, were they like, he he just
1: won't come, so we're not going to nominate him?
0: I I honestly don't think he would have came. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would have, and he would have used a honestly pretty good reason, which is that he's probably shooting Mission Impossible 13. Uh, and so that would be the reason Hugh Jackman for the sun people thought might get nominated, even though that film, uh, had a lot of, there was a lot of criticism about that movie. I've not seen it. Yeah. And then Felix Kammerer, who is the main performer in all quiet on the Western front. He was incredible. Um, Yeah. Um, he really
1: like his face during, I mean, I think that. People might think it's just easy. It's like a war movie to act yeah. uh like have have this haunted face and and just to react to everything around you especially since most of it is I'm assuming green screen.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
1: um and I, I thought it was amazing just to see a young like a uh, boy yeah, yeah. go through this experience. He did a really good job.
0: You know somebody I forgot to mention in best actress um because we've been talking about Babylon so much, Margot Robbie. Uh probably the best actor working right now and did not get nominated. I thought that was kind of, that's interesting because it's one thing to kind of like shun Damien Chazelle for being like anti Hollywood, unless you receive that movie as if it's being pro Hollywood, but it didn't get nominated for basically anything. So I don't know if that's true. Um, but not seeing Margot Robbie, Viola Davis. I was
1: just going to say, if we're, I, I, we should go back to best actress for just a second. I was just forgetting a
0: few. Viola
1: Davis in the woman King also is not seeing uh, the woman King nominated for anything here is a really big loss. That was a
0: top 20 movie of the year for me. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: one, It was an epic evolved. Like it was done better than epics that we've seen previously. And I, I was shocked because I didn't think they could redo an epic. Um, like just in general, I didn't think. Yeah called it an evolution would, of an epic. Yeah, would be, I guess, like, drawn to an epic in the same way that we were when TNT was, like, rerunning Braveheart or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's an evolution. It has... Uh, the focus is on woman warriors and just looking at the multiple layers of... Oppression that they are going through, like within the society. Yeah, like and- they
0: protect the nation, the kingdom, but they still have to go through patriarchy in order to kind of survive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, one, the the movie is amazing. The character stories are amazing. But Viola Davis, I mean, is Viola Davis, and like, I I'm so surprised that she didn't get nominated, and I think people will regret it once the Woman King hits Netflix.
0: Yeah, I uh, I'll, you know, somebody else that's coming to mind also from the Woman King, uh. Tusso and Bedu was amazing mm-hmm. as Nawi, but Lashana Lynch, Lashana Lynch is becoming like one of my favorite actors as Azogi. Mm-hmm. She is so good yeah. in that movie. Uh, I was like, that's a superstar <laughs> when I was watching her act on screen. We don't have like a lot of superstars anymore, nor do we really need them. But like, there's so much talent in the world today. But she does like kind of just evoke superstardom. Like you could feel mm-hmm. what, like you can feel the power of her presence on the screen, and I. I really hope the best for her coming up. The one big performer that I didn't bring up, which is why I'm going back to actress for a second is Danielle Deadweiler. We have not seen till Yeah, she obviously plays the mother of Emmett till we've not seen the film. Um, but I do know from watching a two-minute trailer, and I do know from listening to other people that the uh, the seriousness of her performance and the power of her performance was supposed to get across Academy voters, especially because of the criticism of Black woman never being nominated for Best Actress. So Danielle Deadwyler not getting nomination here uh, is unfortunate. Again, I haven't seen the film, so I can't talk too much to it, but uh, we are seeing it soon, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um. All right let's go to best director
1: We're in the last two categories here this
0: is exciting all right steven spielberg of course mm-hmm. the daniels martin mcdonough todd field and Ruben usland and if you don't know those films spielberg did the fablemans the daniels everything everywhere martin mcdonough banshees todd field tar and then reuben usland triangle of sadness mm-hmm. the biggest wow is reuben usland here <laughs> the, <laughs>
1: the way you said that wow <laughs>
0: Uh, I was expecting Edward Berger for *All Quiet in the Western Front* or maybe potentially *Park Jam Wook*, but I thought going into this that *Decision to Leave* would be nominated for international feature. What's confusing about *Usland* is that *Triangle Sadness* didn't get nominated for international feature, right? And yeah. we'll talk about that in the next, the final category, of Best Picture too. Uh, but I was surprised to see him here again. I'm I'm happy that he's made it. He's made you know one of our favorite films of the decade in *Force Majeure*, so he's obviously very talented. And then with Todd Field. You have one of the best comeback to Hollywood films in history, like yeah. to take a decade plus off of making movies. And then, well, I think he was like shooting commercials and music videos and whatnot, but like to take a break from making feature films and to come back with one of the most polarizing movies in years is really impressive. Mark McDonough is now a Academy favorite. You know, he went from, uh, three billboards to now this. And I think from now on, he's kind of be looked at as that director. When he comes out with a movie, you know, it's going to be like Oscar bait. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't think he thinks about his movies that way. He's not pretentious like that. He's hilarious. I would listen to an interview with him. I don't Uh, think
1: they feel like that either. I mean, no,
0: they don't feel like that at all, but you can tell the distributors are like purposely finding these dates, like really near Oscar time and making mm -hmm. it work. Um, And then we have the Daniels who are incredible. Love Swiss army man. This is an incredible second feature to come back with. Uh, Everything Everywhere is one of the best movies of the year. And then Steven Spielberg, we're good. Uh, He's gotten tons of nominations. Uh, This is a
1: nomination for Steven Spielberg, I think, instead of The Fablemans. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I I think he's okay. I don't know if... I mean, this could be... uh, Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm not reading this correctly. This could be just kind of like a, uh, you know, your... Autobiographical film. This is us respecting you and like your 30, 40 years of filmmaking. So you're going to win best director. But something about that feels off and false to me. Whoever wins this, I think will win best picture, like their film will. Mm-hmm. So if Todd Field wins best director when we're watching the Oscars on March 12th, I think we can just, I don't know. I think there could be, Tara.
1: I think there could be a, a change up. Like,
0: yeah, maybe. I mean, who do you hope for here?
1: I, I feel like the Daniels might get it. I feel like maybe Todd Field. <sighs> I don't know. I like my mind is going in a couple of different places because of what people feel like, uh, you know, directors deserve like a Spielberg. Uh, I feel like the nomination was kind of like the award there. Yeah. 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 Uh, but who knows? And then, Todd Field, I feel like if people do see Tar and it's about to stream, like mm-hmm. that might be something that people really recognize just the achievement that Tar is. Yeah. So I, I definitely like hope for Todd Field, but uh, I think the Daniels also like everyone loves the Daniels. They're awesome. Everything everywhere is so different. It's feels like a, a sort of genre movie, but not, it just really is a different movie. And so I feel like they could give props uh, to the Daniels, but Ruben Uslin surprised me, and I feel like the the biggest thing. I know you already said it, but Park Chan Wook not being here, um, yeah, feels uh, sad.
0: Yeah, and Sarah Polly for Woman Talking, because mm-hmm. um, that was a good movie, and Charlotte Wells and Damien Chazelle are, are like my two favorite directors this year. So obviously that's annoying. The one person I'm happy isn't here because I didn't like their film. Was Baz Luhrmann? Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense. Yeah, to but we Baz just aren't Lerman. into just,
1: his directing style in general. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not I my mean, speed. Yeah. That's the kind of maximalist filmmaking where I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It's two different. I love, yeah, I
1: love how people are like talking, well, they're talking about maximalist filmmaking for Chazelle's Babylon in a positive way. A lot of times, uh, but no, not on this one. Okay. Not on Babylon. <laughs> in interviews, <laughs> which yeah. makes sense. Um, um, but I guess you are right. But I feel like if you love Elvis, but don't love Babylon again, as far as the filmmaking purely, it's, it's kind of confusing. <laughs> old, old
0: white men vote. For the Academy, and so therefore Elvis makes sense. I mean, they, they've gotten a lot of nominations for that reason. All right, guys, we're here. We're here. Best Picture. Kelsey, you want to read these out? Since I've been reading all these.
1: Sure, I got it. Okay, we have everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans, The Banshees of Incheon, Top Gun Maverick, Elvis, All Quiet on the Western Front. I was surprised to see that so here. Professional. Look at you. Tar. <laughs> I give a little pause. Yeah, you know? I like I it. Let it them feels, take it feels in. Real. <laughs> Avatar: The Way of Water. Woman talking and triangle of sadness. See,
0: you gotta get you didn't do the pause at the end.
1: Okay, woman talking. <laughs> Hold <laughs> triangle of sadness.
0: Um, okay. <laughs> what do we think? I mean, what do we think about I these don't nominations? No,
1: I feel like I mean this is a super reaction. So again, we're gonna do our official predictions uh yeah. you know later on. And I mean,
0: what's missing? Let's we'll also there.
1: we'll also say in that predictions pod, like, here's what we predict, here's what we would want personally, but yeah. um best picture predictions. I feel like...
0: Well, let's talk about what was left out first.
1: Yeah, okay. There. Let's do that.
0: The movie that I'm fine with not being there because I just liked other movies more, even though this is a good movie, but I thought a lot of people were going to push going into the award season, but I don't believe it was nominated at all. Was Maria Schrader's She Said?
1: Oh yeah, it wasn't in any of the nominations.
0: It felt like it was made for this like Oscar time, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. like while the story is obviously necessary to talk about, the movie kind of critiques Hollywood well and patriarchy, but like, ironically, the movie can feel too Hollywood. Yeah. And there
1: was something that was kind of polished about it.
0: Yeah. It felt a little too safe. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is a rare situation where the tragedy of the real life events kind of outweigh uh, anything the movie can really do. Yeah. Uh, so the movie just didn't fully work for those reasons. But I'm still surprised not to see it here or nominated at all. For yeah. Any of these. Categories. And also, I think
1: because the story, right, is so recent, um, it it doesn't have the same effect as something like Spotlight, I yeah. mean, even though the issues of Spotlight are still recent. I, yeah. I think just the the story is a, a really tough thing to to tell through the journalist's eyes and then also have the effect where I think it got to at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted that more at the beginning of the movie with the, the survivor stories.
0: Agreed. I also thought people were going to push The Whale, um, Darren Aronofsky's latest film. Again, we have not seen it. RRR obviously has a huge love behind it. I wanted After Sun. People loved Glass Onion. People you loved- knew
1: After Sun wasn't going to get nominated. I know. Though. I just wanted
0: to say it. <laughs> I love Babylon. Uh, Wakanda Forever, Glass Onion. Those are fan favorites. Those are yeah. pop- populist films. Glass Onion was loved way more than I ever thought it was going to be. The amount of people I heard say that Glass Onion was better than the original Knives Out blew my mind.
1: I was shocked too, just because Knives Out was such a, like a a fresh, fun, Agatha Christie, uh, adjacent.
0: Yeah, yeah but really, really
1: great dialogue, like playful. It was just, it to- I felt totally new, like a pop up storybook or something. Yeah.
0: And the political commentary through the vehicle of like how our society treats people like Anaday Armis mm-hmm. in that film is very important to talk about and very kind of essential to the times that we're in right now. And it, the newest film, Glass Onion, was completely missing that kind of like empathy. uh Not that it wasn't empathetic, it was just talking about like, celebrity influencer culture well there was and- there
1: was almost like you know, you know, the kind of uh I, well, I won't spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but there's a character that you do empathize with, but it's later on in the story, so it's confusing because you're you're like, wait, what was happening at the beginning of the story? Now I have to go back and analyze that right. performance where most of the characters that we spend time with throughout the the whole movie yeah. are unlikable on purpose. And so right. it's a it's just a tougher film. And also like
0: We did a whole deep dive on this, by yeah. the way. Like yeah. people listening, if you're interested in what we just said and curious about why we liked it less than knives out. Even though we think Glass Onion is a good movie, we just think Knives Out is actually like an incredible film. Yeah. Um, we did a whole like Knives Out versus Glass Onion conversation then ranked Ryan Johnson's films as best we could. Uh, so we talked about that for a while.
1: Yeah. It was missing the Ana de Armas character and the Chris Evans character too.
0: Yeah. The cast of the for first me. Knives Out is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, okay. The Whale, Babylon, RRR, Black Panther, Wakanda, Forever, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. She said, and after son of the movies I wrote down for Missing, best picture based on like what I guess people were assuming were going to get nominated. Mm-hmm. But these films that got nominated, the ones I just don't see it possible winning. I don't think it's possible for Elvis. I don't think. Really?
1: It's- There's a lot of love for Elvis. I mean, I personally would not want to see Elvis win. It would be at the bottom of my list. But- well,
0: okay. Well, let's talk about this then from the final tallies. So everything, everywhere, all at once had 11 nominations overall, overall, all quiet on the Western front had nine mm-hmm. Banshees had nine Elvis had eight. The Fablemans had seven. Top Gun Maverick had six. Wakanda Forever had five, which is a lot. And Tar had five. Mm-hmm. So based on that, you're not wrong. Elvis is like four, uh, fourth on that tally because they have eight nominations, which is pretty high. And Tar only has five. But something about what Tar got nominated in, like in director and screenplay, tells me that there are like powerful votes happening. Yeah. They might not have had all the technical stuff like Elvis did or you know, production or hair makeup. But Tar really had the ones that matter to me. Um, Baz Luhrmann not getting nominated for director matters. So I'm just gonna say that Tar, or sorry, I'm just going to say that Elvis does not get nominated or does not win. I don't Mm -hmm. think it has a chance. Uh, So I'll say Elvis doesn't have a chance. I don't think Woman Talking has a chance. I don't think Triangle of Sadness has a chance. I don't think Avatar The Way of Water has a chance. And I don't think Top Gun Maverick has a chance. Mm -hmm. So the top five for me are not in any order. Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, The Banshees of Inishirin, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Tar.
1: Okay, interesting. Those
0: are the five I think have a chance. And then maybe at six, you could tell me that Topka Maverick and Triangle of Sadness, just because the international feature that is getting a lot of love because of Ruben Usland right now, uh, it's possible that people just love eating the rich stories. Right. I guess is what you could call a triangle of sadness. Even yeah. Though the I think menu it's about was really things. popular this year. Yeah. For that. So that's possible. And obviously the love for Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick, uh, making over a billion five or whatever it made this year. Um, yeah, that it's going to be on this list, but I, I feel run. like, but it didn't do any press. So I don't know if that's really going to go that far. So I think those, those five are the five.
1: Yeah. I feel like Banshees has a, you know, a, a club that feels like they're a club, yes. but it's bigger than <laughs> than we might think. Um, they've done a huge I press I feel too. like I'm a part of the Banshees club. Uh, but also Tar, like I, I, I'm pulling for Tar. I could also really tar see everything is, everywhere all at once. I, I
0: think Tar is this year's parasite. Like where if Tar won, people would freak out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously nothing will be this year's parasite because that was a huge deal. And that movie, um, honestly is a little bit like provocative and transgressive in the ways I thought tar it was this year. So maybe it is kind of similar, but I don't think there was as much support for parasite that there is for tar this year. Like there are Lydia, Lydia tar stands out there. Like it's a thing. Um, and oh, you mean
1: like the divisive reactions to the movie? No, I
0: mean, there's a huge fandom around the movie. It's oh, very oh, powerful. Oh, I see. The performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And Parasite didn't really, I don't, see, I don't remember it having that kind of movement. So Tar does have the fans to kind of push it. So I wouldn't be too surprised. But I think out of those five, it would surprise me the most. Because Steven Spielberg, people love him. The Fablemans people, I don't
1: see the Fablemans winning, though.
0: I think he has a better chance than Tar. So this is, this is where okay. I see it right now, even though this is our reaction. I feel like we might be surprised
1: with All Quiet. You think so? I mean, I don't think that's actually going to I feel like everything films, everywhere yeah. all at once is kind of where I'm going here. Um it has 11 nominations overall and also just the the cast uh the like the Daniels. It has so many great things going for it. It's a genre movie but not. But let's let's just do our top 5 okay. like what we what we feel like are going to be in this. I know you already kind of talked about it, but to finish off.
0: Okay. So at 5, I have Tar. Going
1: from least likely
0: Yeah, I'm not a psycho. I'm not a psycho. Least likely to most likely. Okay, five to to one. I like to start at the top. I'm a normal person. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Five, I'm going tar. This is what I think is going to happen, not what I want. Five, I'm tar. Four, all quiet in the Western Front. Three, the Fablemans. Two, the Banshees of Inishirin. And number one, everything everywhere all at once. I think that'll win.
1: Interesting. Okay. I feel like I could see Banshees. If we will really have to see how tar does. And like the, the kind of push that we see once it comes on streaming. I mean,
0: we're talking to Todd fields agents right now. He you might come on the pod. I'd love that. Cause that's our, out of these five, I think that might be the one I want to win the most.
1: Yeah. I mean, Uh, I would love to see tar. I I think that is my, my one up there. I I do think like for my, my five that I think are in there, I agree with most of yours, except I I do think that there is a a push for Banshees.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm. I don't yeah, Mark McDonough's great. Uh, the Fablemans, uh, no comment. All Quiet in the Western Front would be really interesting if it won. I think that would hopefully... It, honestly, if All Quiet in the Western Front won, I hope Netflix would do something to bring to theaters. I know it's not a normal thing, but it would be was, so cool. I was going to say
1: that too. I was yeah. wondering if they would do like a retroactive theater If you they know, did showing. that
0: now, like right now. Yeah. Not that it would matter because votes are in. That just happened but- with
1: another movie. It like came back to theaters. They should do that.
0: Yeah. Well, I would love that. So yeah. that would be cool. They should do that. I mean, they brought white noise to theaters. I know that movie costs a ton of money and that was mm-hmm. actually, I think that was actually made by Netflix. I believe I could be getting this wrong and all quiet was just like distributed on its platform. Oh, okay. Um, so that's a little bit different, but it would be really cool if whoever produced that film and got it together in finances would send it to us in theaters. Yeah. I would love to see it on a big screen. Um, but even though I want tar to win, if you tell me everything everywhere wins right now, I have like faith. Again, in the Oscars, it's like restored because that means we're going to get weird fucking movies in the future. (laughs) And that's all the Academy needs is not to be like pretentious and let genre films in, even though everything everywhere gets to be genre and not at the same time, which Mm. is it's everything everywhere all at once. So it's amazing (laughs) in that way. Um, And I think thematically, it's probably the most uh, universal. Movie and I think it can bring in the most people. Yeah, it feels I, well, like a family I, I film. Even those weird shit going on in it.
1: I think you're right. Yeah, it is. It has a very universal theme, but also I think a war movie is something that almost anyone in the Oscars voting yeah. will say, like, "Oh, I loved All Quiet on the Western Front."
0: My only thing about All Quiet, even like though there, I,
1: there, are some older people who might uh, not be into the you know weirdness of everything everywhere all at once, or may not like get the humor as right, much.
0: Right. Yeah, well, my only thing about All Quiet and the Western Front is that it's been made like three times. There was a movie in the 30s and the 70s and now... Yeah, yeah. No, 20s, I'm just so. saying
1: like how... I'm assuming how maybe like older voters might react to something.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. That's why I have it in my top five. Any? Are there any movies that I left out of the top five that you think have, have a chance?
1: No, I don't think so. You
0: don't think Triangle of Sadness?
1: No, I think like, again, with this one, its nomination was the award even though I understand there is like a big push for it I just like can't see it
0: I don't know Ruby Newslet got nominated for director and they got screenplay mm-hmm. that, that is a pretty big deal if there was a cool Oscars we would have best scene of the year and Triangle of Sadness would definitely be up there and best scenes of the year when you have Woody Harrelson and the other man, the kind of like capitalist and communist argument that's happening on the yacht.
1: Maybe we should, you know, when we're doing our own personal uh, oh. predictions, we can make our own Oscar. That's a good category. idea.
0: I think there should be best scene, like best intro to a movie, best ensemble. Like They should add those things. I think that'd be such a good idea.
1: Yeah. That'd be fun. Okay. If we left out any like snubs, um, which I'm sure we did, yeah. uh, we'll come back to them when we think about them uh, in our, in our next Oscar pod. But that was fun. I really yeah. did feel like I was like, this is what sports fans feel like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was watching the nominations to get dropped.
0: Yeah, it was a ton of fun. They
1: made a Megan joke while they were airing. Um, nice. And uh, yeah. like, I was like, I hope Megan doesn't come out to uh, Alison Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and um, did Megan come out? No, no. But I thought they were making a like a making a bit and that she would. Yeah, Megan
0: for <laughs> Best Picture 2024. Okay, this was the Oscars reaction to 2023. This is part one of our three-part Oscar series. If you like what you hear, go ahead and follow the podcast. Give us five stars, if you don't mind, on your podcast platform, Spotify, Apple. Leave us a review if you like what you hear. Send us a message on social. Follow us in the description about what you think should win Best Picture. I'm interested to see what you think. Me too. I hope you all say Babylon, even though it wasn't nominated. (laughs) Uh,
1: You're making us seem like such Babylon bros. We're not film bros.
0: uh, I am a Babylon bro. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, We are ending this podcast with Babylon music, so enjoy. No. This (laughs) has been Trey. Peace. Bye.